two, three, four. Welcome to the two toes. Go to the movies. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The Two Tones Go to the Movies, presented by StarvingTalent.com. You're a creative professional in need of a website or promotional services. Contact Starving Talent today at www.starvingtalent.com. You should know that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We will try our hardest not to divulge spoilers during the first segment of the show. However, after the first break, anything goes. We also make no attempt at keeping our language clean. This show is intended to be a raw, emotional, and unedited response to the state of the entertainment industry. Don't like it? Well, you don't have to stay here, but you can go somewhere else. We prefer you to stay here. And I get back to the subject at hand. If you have a question, comment, or would like to send us a mini-review for a movie we haven't mentioned, send your message to twotones at starvingtalent.com. That's twotones, T-W-O-T-O-N-E-S, at starvingtalent.com. We will try to answer your questions or read your reviews on the podcast. My name is Tony Pizzuto. And I'm Tony Cox. And today, I'm excited because we are discussing Virtuality, a TV pilot released as a TV movie by Fox. So you know it's going to be good. (laughs) Is that sarcasm (laughs) I hear? I'm I'm sorry. I rec- <laughs> sarcasm. I recognize that. Was that did you recognize the sarcasm? Because it's been a while since I've been sarcastic. It's it's the hemorrhoids. They've been keeping me down. Just read the read the description. <laughs> astronauts aboard Earth. <clears throat> astronauts aboard. Fuck. <laughs> I don't have I don't have a career as a voiceover artist. I, I I'm just accepting that. You would if you knew how to read. <laughs> the okay. Ta, Astronaut. Ta, ta, the ta he <laughs> Astronauts aboard Earth's first starship, Phaeton, enjoy the diversion of a virtual reality program that entertains them during the decade-long voyage. That is until a computer virus attacks the program at a critical junction in the mission. With their lives hanging in the balance, the crew must combat the bug and determine whether someone on board is the saboteur. Saboteur. <laughs> Sabotage. 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 <laughs> Peter, Peter Berg. <laughs> for, those, for those of you who don't know why we're laughing, go to YouTube and search uh, William Shatner Sabotage, and, um, and you'll discover the joys of sabotage. <laughs> Peter Berg directs this sci-fi thriller that stars Sienna Gilroy. 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 What are what's beeping Sienna over there? Gil- hey, it's my phone. You quiet down over there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so uh, the yeah. only um, I mean, the only tri- there really wasn't much trivia I could find in this, but uh, I mean this this is another um, this is another Ronald D. Moore creation um with the help of michael taylor who uh they're both from the um battlestar galactica team um and uh, and they i know i know ron moore is working on caprica michael taylor may also be working on caprica um they were both uh they were both writers um on on galactica so um <clears throat> uh so i was excited um 
to see this, and and because there was a lot of rumors that said that this wasn't going to even be seen. Uh, that really? um, yeah, that 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 uh, you know, Ron Moore wrote it, um, and um, actually, I I don't know if he actually wrote the script. I know he created the story and the whole idea, and he's um, the executive producer of the show, and I believe Michael Taylor did most of the work, um, most of the writing work, but. Um, um, it was shot and then it was just kind of put on the back burner and nobody knew what was going to happen. And Fox's recent, um, um, Fox's recent scorecard with sci-fi shows is pretty poor because they just, they just put them on Friday nights, which is the death slot. And then they go nowhere. Um, and so there was, there was you know that we didn't even know if we were going to see this so i was excited to hear that they were going to play it as a you know as a two-hour movie and that we'd at least get the chance to see this and then if it did well um they may they may turn it into a, a tv show because obviously the ending of this is geared towards a television show right um <clears throat> and um and i mean right off the bat i mean i i mean i loved it i really liked it um it's um, it's 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 very cool because one element of the show is that while they're on this spaceship on this mission, they're also part of a reality show that is broadcast back to Earth, and it's so they get to talk at the camera, much like um, The Office. It's it's almost just like The Office, except except it's in space, um, and th- so they do talking heads and. There's all these cameras that are hidden, you know, that that are around the, the place to look at the <clears throat> to to watch the crew and stuff. And then this one of the, one of the guys on the on the ship is producing a reality show. He's actually a psychologist um, who's producing the reality show. Um, so I, and I really enjoy that kind of handheld, you know, like um, first person type of um, type of storytelling. Um, and so I really liked it for that matter. I thought. Um, I thought I thought the first I don't know the first thirty minutes was a little rough. It was kind of a you know you had to kind of get into it, which is true for most most new shows. It takes a little bit to get into it. You get introduced to the characters, um, but then once it got going, I thought it was really good. Um, and um, I mean, I, I had a, I had a few problems with it um, later on that we'll get to that I'll I'll talk about when we do our spoilerific version. But uh, overall, I really liked it. I thought the um, I thought the acting for the most part was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that the, um, I thought that it was gritty um, in places, which I really enjoyed. And mm. um, I mean, I really liked it overall. And I would love to see this as, um, as a, as a TV show to see where it would go, because I think it has a lot of potential to, to be another Battlestar Galactica in some respects. Um, I think it could very easily go in a different direction and be rather crappy, but um, I think that I think it has great potential. Um, what did you think? Um, and you wouldn't tell me. You wouldn't are... tell me what you thought last night. So after you watched it, so no, I'm scared. I scared. I'm scared to know what you think. Either you really like it or you really don't like it. Well, you know, when you when you told me about because I didn't really hear anything about this. I think I heard about it in passing, but. Um, you kind of gave me the breakdown and and the breakdown that you gave me was a really impressive idea and i i was like ooh this sounds like something that's right up my alley so i watched it yesterday <clears throat> and um 
I, 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 I couldn't get into it. And maybe I just have a problem with miniseries because it took me like four times to watch the Battlestar Galactica miniseries before I got into that. So maybe I need to watch this three more times. But, but, but I, um, it was too, it was too Fox. Fox seems to have this kind of style about them in their television shows. And, and, and when you have Ron Moore behind the, the steering wheel, um, like with Caprica and Battlestar, you know, and I like both of those. Uh, but this one just it didn't it didn't do it for me. Now, now there are plots in it that I think could be done, like the storyline, the whole virtual reality thing and, and the bug, the virus um, that kind of enters. I, I think the idea is great. I think the execution uh, I found was was not to my to my satisfaction. It was it, it seemed like they were having a hard time. Like if they had shot it just like a reality show or just like The Office where it was the hand all handheld all the time. Yeah. Like it was a documentary film crew following them around. I, that would be kind of cool. But it, it seemed to me in watching it that there, it was it was kind of like a tug of war between shooting it like a standard um, television show with still cameras, you know, and things like that. And then going into um, documentary mode and lipstick camera mode and things like that, um, which I just I, I, I didn't like that style of filming. I think they should have either stuck with one or the other. And because it's 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 supposed to be a, a television show, a reality show. That's not a spoiler, is it? No, because we, we talked. No, about I'd that. see. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, because it's a reality show, I think if they had if they had done it just like The Office with all the handhelds. And 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 you know kept it true to that form. Then I might believe it a little more as being a reality show. Um, the other thing, the acting, I was not impressed with the acting. I think it was there was a little bit of overacting involved, uh, a little too much unnecessary drama um, in some in some instances, uh, especially. Uh, well, I'll wait till the spoiler spoiler part for that one. Um, the story is. I think cool. I, I think I know what you're going to say, and I think that was part of the thing that. That, yeah. that that I had a problem with also, but we'll, we'll yeah. get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that. But I think the story, the story, the idea is really cool. I just think it it could be executed a little better, and and they need to get some better actors up there. I am um, going back to what you said about the um, that how it was too Fox. Mm-hmm. I I think I think I understand what you mean, and I I kind of felt that um, that. I it was almost it was almost uh, I felt like Ron Moore was pushing through that a little bit better than a lot of other um, showrunners at, at Fox. Yeah, I, I completely see what you're what you're saying, and I and I understand that. I I I thought I was because at first I think that was my initial reaction was was and I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't identify the feeling until just now when you said yeah. it was too Fox. Yeah. I think that was my problem with the first 30 minutes of the show was I was yeah. like this, you know, and now in, in retrospect, it, that's what I that's what was wrong was that it was too Fox. But then <clears> I <throat> felt like it it slowly broke through kind of Ron Moore's essence of of storytelling mm-hmm. and characters. And um, and and I and I, I think I, I got past that um, rather quickly after after about the first 30 minutes. Right. Um, the camera work, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think it would have been more effective if it was more handheld. I thought, um, 
you know, I, I, I do think some of the, um, some of the shots were, I loved how it almost had a webcam type of feel to some of the shots. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the exterior shots of the ship. Mm-hmm. It's like, because that, that made it more believable for me because when you're watching a, 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 spa, a, a show in space, mm-hmm. they, the camera is always like way out in space looking at the ship and you see the whole ship. Right. And I loved how with this, you really felt like the camera was attached to the ship somewhere mm-hmm. and it was looking at a part of the ship and it made it right. more more realistic. Um, but I see what you're saying. When you got inside, it, it sometimes it would have the lipstick cam. Sometimes they would show you a picture of a camera that was up on the wall and it was looking mm-hmm. down almost like a security type of thing, which is cool. But then once it got closer into the action, I think you're right. It almost seemed too smooth. Yeah. And not not um, not the the aesthetic wasn't continuing. It, it, exactly. it broke the aesthetic. And and so you 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 felt like um, you, you didn't feel like it was you didn't feel like you were you felt more like you were watching a, sh- a, t- a television show as opposed to watching a documented event. Right. Like the real um, one. Right, which is which which Galactica does very well because that's their mm-hmm. style of shooting, and exactly. The Office does very well, and Absolutely. and it's more about, <clears throat> excuse me, it's more about capturing something that happens as opposed to presenting something that happens. Exactly, and it and and I feel like you're right. It did get a little too stagey. It got a little mm-hmm. too, um, you know, like it was presenting the info as opposed to, um, they were trying to capture it. Um, right. And I, I, I agree that they kind of you almost lost a little bit of the believability because of that also, mm-hmm. um, especially for someone like you who who doesn't necessarily take to sci fi shows like I do. Right. Um, right. I, I, I think my 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 um, my uh, um, willing suspension of disbelief when it comes to science fiction shows um, is somewhat greater just because I have more experience with them and I understand mm-hmm. that. You know, there are certain things that you have to give into in order to enjoy it. Right, um, right. I, I, I think that if, if Ron Moore had been able to do this without Fox, if like sci-fi had ended up taking this kind of project on or 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 NBC Universal, um, I think it could have been a, a whole lot better. It, it, it did. It did seem like there was there were two kind of conflicts going on and it was the conflict between between ron moore and his talent and fox's um you know the empire of fox you know putting their foot down saying no we want it this way and and like right now i would give it maybe two stars but if if sci-fi channel had done it or if ron had done it on his own um or nbc had done it i would probably go back up it would go up to like five stars you know four or five stars um, and, and that's too bad because the story, it's a really cool story idea and like, you know, and watching, you know, and, and going through it and especially near the end. Um, I mean, I think the last maybe 20 minutes were my favorite minutes in the, in the show because it started revealing a lot more about the virtual reality program and the bug and, and things like that. And, and it um, also, it brought up, a, I mean, it, it almost like all of a sudden you, you, it was almost disorienting because you didn't know what was going on. Right. And, and it, it opened up a lot of mysteries, you know, that would hopefully move forward in a TV show. And I thought it was a little, it was, it was exciting. And it, and it almost, mm-hmm. you almost felt more of what they felt there. 
with the confusion of what was going on. Right. But it was that whole hour and, you know, 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes leading up to those moments that I had a problem with. And if they if they had kind of kept the same mood and feel with they that they did the last 20 minutes of the show, then then I'd probably be into it a little more. Um, and, you know, I would if it if it goes to series, I, I'll probably watch a couple episodes to see if they ironed out the bugs and stuff like that. But <clears throat> story story is a big part of why I'll like something. But if it's executed poorly, then I it doesn't matter if it's the greatest story in the world. I, I won't be able to enjoy it right. just because I think, I mean, I, and I, I'm sure you can vouch for this too. Like back, back when I was, when I was doing theater and stuff like that, you know, and did it for 10, 15 years. And then also started doing the production and the technical side of it as well for years and years. Um, well, I would go see a show and I would nitpick the hell out of it oh, from yeah. every aspect, from the technical aspect to this. And I think, uh, you know, we kind of lose that magic a little bit. You know, we're not, we're not, for lack of a better word, we're not stupid to, to the process, or mm-hmm. we're not ignorant to the process. Um, and and you and I both know that Ron Moore is so much better quality than than what is presented by Fox right now. I am, um, I don't know. I, I got to disagree with you on the story. I thought that the, <clears throat> I thought that the lack of forcing the story down your throat for the most part there were there were some and you know we'll talk about some instances where i thought there were some there were some things that were forced but at the same time i you know i try because what i try to do is i try to i try to justify within the world Mm -hmm. um within 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 the universe that has been created by the storytellers i try to justify within that <clears throat> what has been presented and to see how plausible it works within the universe, within the world, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of if it's, you know, of if it's, of if I believe it, you know, is it believable within the world? And then that sometimes will help right. me to understand and believe it and move past it. And sometimes it won't. Sometimes I'll be like, well, that's just ridiculous. Um, I love the story in this. I loved the, um, um, I, I, I do think that there was, some over dramatic moments like you said mm-hmm. um and again i you know in trying to in trying to um you know to justify it within the world is it possible that that there's some over dramatic moments because you know they're trapped on a ship for you know what six months up to this point right um so maybe they're a little ta- i mean it's possible but i i mean as far as like you know, entertainment-wise and enjoying it as a show, I thought, yeah, there were some moments where they went a little overboard, a little a little too forced. But I, I really liked the story because it was it was minimalistic. It wasn't it wasn't really about something big, but it was a setup to something big. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this was just one big long setup for a great TV show. Right, because of some of the things that they hinted at, um, and some of the things that um, you find out in the end, mm-hmm. I thought that I really thought that this was like this was the setup to a great philosophical punchline. Is how I felt. I felt like the 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 this was the setup to the great work that we expect from from Ron Moore. 
Yeah, you know what I mean, like no, it, I, I it see wasn't that. here. It wasn't in this product, but yeah. it will be in 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 the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that you know because Fox is Fox expects you know Fox expects stuff right out, right away. They want to hit show of right course. out of the box. Of course. And um, and you can't you can't you can't do that. You got to let it breathe. You got to slow it down, and you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta give people a you know a, a reason to watch. And um. And I thought that I thought this was a great lead into what could be a really good TV show, mm-hmm. and um, and and you're right, there wasn't much. I mean, there wasn't much story. It was I didn't I thought it was I thought it was executed well. See to a yes. point to a point yeah because yeah. and we'll talk about it here in a second but. Um, because there was one point where I was just like, "What the fuck?" Right, right. <laughs> and um, and I I can almost guarantee it's the exact same moment for you as it was for me. <laughs> um, and then, but then I, but then it kind of came back to me. It came back, it came back around, and I was like, "All right, well, all right, I, I could get that." Um, but yeah, I mean, that's how I felt is that it was a, a setup to what we would expect from Ron Moore. Whether we'll see it or not is another story. So everybody, I encourage everybody to go to Hulu, Hulu.com, and watch. Virtuality, um, help help promote it, help get it made into a TV series, um, and you know I, I think you're you're right too. Is that this may be a good show for NBC? Yeah, I think this would be this would be a great show to replace a show like Heroes because Heroes mm-hmm. is horrible now. Oh, definitely. You know, and NBC sci-fi. kind of gives the oh sorry, but NBC kind of gives a little more uh, liberties uh, to even though it's a network. They they still they still grant you some more liberties. Fox is. It's been a while since I found a show on Fox that I really enjoyed. Even Fringe, I, I'm not a fan of Fringe. I tried watching it and I, I couldn't get into it. Um, have you watched please. Have you watched Lie to Me? No, I have not seen that's that. That's a good. That's a really good show, and it's yeah? on Fox. Surprisingly. Okay. Now, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I think I think I think Lie to Me in in a lot of ways is better than Fringe. I'll check it out. Um, I'll, I'll watch it on Hulu. Fringe has gotten good though. The last episode of Fringe was amazing when they reveal that there's another parallel universe and the twin towers still exist. So you were telling me about that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and Leonard Nimoy was yeah. in it. His office is in the thing. Anyway, um, let's take a break. We'll come back and okay. we'll um, we'll discuss some spoilers. Enter the unique world of virtual gameplay with Nintendo Virtual Boy. The first three-dimensional stereo immersive 32-bit video game system ever. Virtual Boy is so advanced it can't be viewed on conventional TV or LCD screens. Virtual Boy comes with the Mario's Tennis Game Pack. Featuring a three-dimensional court with depth that only Virtual Boy can deliver. Play singles or doubles in either one or two-player mode. Nintendo Virtual Boy. A 3D game for a 3D world. All right. You ready for some spoilers? Spoil me, baby. Spoil me. Well, I guess the biggest one is... The captain of the ship dies. That was fucking awesome, by the way. I thought I was I was a little at first. I was like, seriously, because he was the one guy I liked out of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? He fucking dies. And then I was like, wow, that's ballsy. Oh, hold on. Something's going on. Oh. OK, go back. Ballsy. 
that's you, you went you went black <laughs> and you're never coming back <laughs> oh my god it's too early in the morning for this okay but yeah it was it was pretty damn ballsy. i thought that was ballsy and actually a little a little side note um you know that show called lost yeah i've heard of it did you know that um that um they were originally going to going to um cast I think it was Michael Keaton as as Jack Shepard. Really? And he was gonna die at the really? end of the at the end of the pilot. Wow. He was just gonna be a guest star. Uh, interesting. And when I saw that's the that's the first thing I thought of when I saw when when he when the when the captain dies at the end, which we don't really know if he's if he like if this were to go to t- series, he may still be in it. Right, right, right. It was well. It was kind of. It was kind of stupid. I thought. I, I hate it when they kill someone and then they come back, because like she was I in know, her but, little virtual reality world and he was the. But, uh, but Tony, the guy. Why? Which is the virtual reality world? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it that way, it's kind of a cool show. <laughs> well, you didn't. You didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Oh my god, that's the first thing I thought of when he's like, "Don't worry, everything will be okay." It's like, Everything's not- wait a minute, what the hell is going on here? Okay, well, I guess that makes a little sense. <laughs> I do, I do like. The only thing I really seem to like about the show is the creepy guy, the virus guy. And who, he was, who is he's that? Actor? Awesome. He's in a lot of things. Jimmy Simpson, and he he's just got one of those faces that looks good sweaty that looks creepy sweaty oh he was on house i remember that now oh he's also on csi what movie was he in though zodiac he always plays these really creepy oh he's also in herbie fully loaded oh he is isn't he he plays a comedic role in that yeah but he just has a creepy disposition. It's those eyes. He he was he was I mean he was creeping me out. Yeah, no, he was he he did he did a good job with the with that. Um, the uh, the uh, and I think that that whole premise with the virtual the virtual reality and the 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 saboteur, um, you know, the unknown sabotage. man coming in, sabotage, like like in that scene. Like where she's the rock star, and um, she she goes outside. The mobsters oh, after her, and she goes to kill him. And then it, it's like it's not the mobster. It's very like Nightmare on Elm Street esque. I mean, these are these are kind of formulas that, was, that we saw in like Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three and Four. That um, was um, that was an intense scene too. She gets she she ba- she's basically raped. Yeah, she and is. She, that was I mean at that point I was like wow this is like Galactica. Like that reminded me a lot of what they would do on Galactica. You know what? And, but and the thing is, if it was shot a little better, if it was shot a little more gritty and darker, yeah. and 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 if they took the 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 shooting formula of Galactica and applied it to this, I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Um. But but because it was foxified, yeah. Um. I I was just like, eh. friend. The um. The. I mean that was a really the, that whole the whole everything that happens after that point too I really felt like is where it really got good for me 
mm-hmm. is when once the creepy guy started showing up, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Even yeah. though actually he shows up at the very beginning when he shoots when he shoots the captain there. Right. Um, the thing that bothered me the most was when the captain like goes he goes nuts. Like he doesn't go nuts, but he's like remember like when he's just like I forget what point it is, but he just he it change everything changes for him and he starts to act weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. That's the point that, where I was just like, "What the hell?" And that's bef- that's before he makes the decision for the no- go no go. Yeah, it's like right okay. before he, he he makes the decision for the for the no go, for the go no go. Yeah. Um, and he um. And he's just all. It was just like in one scene, he's he's the, he's stressed out and he's whatever. Oh, I know what scene it is. I think it's the scene where the doctor comes to see him. Not the doctor, the uh, psychologist, the the TV show oh, producer. Okay. Yeah. In his quarters, and he's talking about taking the the virtual reality pods offline, and the captain's like, "No, nah, I don't think so." And he's just like, he's like. I thought I thought he was overacting way too much, and yeah, and it was weird until and then it got to oh 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 it was no and then it was the scene where it was the scene where he's telling everybody that they're gonna go mm-hmm. when he makes the decision and then everybody's like well so it's not a democracy and then he has them all yeah. vote he's like super happy mm-hmm. that's that that was that was I thought was like I was like that was my biggest problem with the whole thing was. Was his how quickly he changed and how 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 forced his his emotions were and how over the top that all was and that's what I was betting was the same problem yeah. you had and it toned as as it got towards the end it toned down a bit and um and and then it 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 made a little it made more sense as the ending came closer. Mm-hmm. But I still thought it was it was way overdone. It could have been, I mean, we could it could have been accomplished in a um, in a much more subtle way, in a much more realistic way. Yeah, um, I, I thought that that was way, and that was my really my 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 only real big problem with the whole thing was just that that character transition and how unbelievable it was and how. Um, annoying and forced and over the top it was. Um, that 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 was my biggest complaint with the whole with the yeah. whole, with the whole thing was that the 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 primary characters, which I mean they're all primary, but um, but like the captain, I, I wasn't impressed with his acting skills. Um, that that Duvall, uh, she's in a lot of movies. What the hell was her name? Uh, Clea Duvall. She played Sue Parsons. She's the blonde with the short hair. Um, the one that when they're when they're talking about the rape, and um, and the guy in the wheelchair, the 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 second commander. I love that like, dude. That dude's yeah. He coolest. was he was cool. He he's was the cool. Best. Um, but he's like you know it's not a big deal. It's just virtual reality. It really didn't happen. Blah blah. And she's like she storms out, and then then the blonde girl storms out, and she's like we'll talk about this later. Um, was she the one? Was she the one that was having the affair with the captain? No, no. This is this is. Uh, was this the one that was bitchy at the beginning, and then she yes. goes into the girl's room? I I liked her. Yes. I thought she was really good. See, I I can't stand her in anything. Really? 
every time I see her in a movie, or, or I've never really seen her much on television, but I've seen her in movies before, and there's just something about her that I don't like, and I don't know. It's that there are people. It's probably because you know my... that she wouldn't that she wouldn't have sex with you. She totally <laughs> wouldn't do you at you know all. Because she's a strong that female. Face, though, I would. I love strong females, though. Exactly. Shirley she, Smith, that's my girl. Right, but 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 Shirley Smith might have pity sex with you. Aww. But this girl, this girl wouldn't 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 have sex with you. That's why you don't like her. Well, maybe that's it. I don't know. Although she has the face of a pug. It looks like Aww. someone like it looks like no. It looks like she fell face first into like a like a soup can or something. I mean, she's not a pretty girl. I mean, she is blonde, so she gets points for that. But she's blonde. I thought she was. I thought she was. No, she's she's blonde. But you know what? Her characters. Can you tell? Well, her picture. Do the carpet match? Do the car? Does the carpet match the drapes? I, I don't know. I haven't seen her in any of those kinds of movies. But um, your, wait, I gotta, I gotta check. I gotta make sure we're talking about the same girl before I keep going. It's Clea Duvall. Yeah, but she. No, look in the picture. She has, she has brown hair in this show. She may be, she may, she may have blonde hair in real life, but she has brown hair in the show. Okay, fine, whatever. She, she. Whatever her hair color is, she's she's that one. <laughs> she reminds me. There are people in our lives. I'm not going to say their names, but they're in both of our lives, and they have a very overdramatic <laughs> disposition about them. <laughs> and <laughs> and she reminds me of this person in particular, and and that quality is something I do not like in a person. <laughs> Why does it have to be all about sex? I completely disagree. I I really liked her because I thought that the scene where because I felt like I felt like she had the deepest character out of everyone. Yeah. I thought I thought she because she's all bitchy and aggressive at the beginning. And you just kind of take it as you go because you're like, well, she's the bitchy girl on the show. But then when after that, after that, um, after the, the, the reality show host there has the, um, you know, is raped in the virtual reality um, mm-hmm. uh, pot, her, her virtual reality program, then the, the and, and they, they're at odds. They're at odds earlier in the show because Sue Parsons thinks that the reality show girl host who's a computer genius is is screwing people's pods up or whatever their virtual right. programs, and then she's and then she ends up getting raped and then I think she Sue Parsons realizes that that it wasn't her because why would she do that to herself and and it's she doesn't she doesn't really apologize to her for being bitchy but she goes in and she and she she tells her this story about how she was she was sexually assaulted when she was in in the military right and. I thought that was the most powerful scene in the whole in the whole thing. I mean, I was really impressed with with that scene and I thought it was very well done. I thought the acting was spot on and I, you know, I believed every every moment of it and I I mean, that was one of my favorite moments in the show because I felt like it was such a real moment. Um I thought the dialogue was especially good in that scene. Um I just thought that the way that she tells that story was was very human and very very realistic and her her motivations for telling it um 
and you could tell i mean you could see all the nuances in that in in her character where it was her way of apologizing for being bitchy and it was at the same time she wanted her to know that she wasn't alone because she knows that that's the like you know you feel alone and you know when mm-hmm. something like that happens to you and that you know she's not alone especially on that ship um and that um you know and I loved how she makes the reference that when something like that happens to you you know you you almost it's 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 what's in your mind is what really affects you it has nothing to do with what's done to you physically right and that it, it only counts in your mind and the fact that it happened in her mind in a virtual reality setting is still it's still a powerful experience and 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 sure. still effective and i thought i thought that was a brilliant scene and i think you're an idiot <laughs> Well, see, you know what? Well, well, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, that scene we've seen a million times. That's the same. Every time a girl gets raped on on television, the, her be, her her Every friend, uh, some some well, some female figure, whether it's her adversary, her ally, her best friend, you know, uh, or some in, incidental character, goes and comforts her. And it's it's I mean there were, it was just a cliched scene I I didn't appreciate it because there was nothing new about that scene, like I, we've seen it on Law and Order we've seen it in Battlestar we've seen it in in movies we've seen it on you know Sesame Street I mean we've seen it everywhere <laughs> <And> it's like <laughs> Grover touched me oh it's okay <laughs> he, Elmo he can't Elmo get... no like it when you touch there. <laughs> oh, it's okay, Elmo. He's in jail now. He won't ever do it again. Which reminds me, when Mr. Roper touched me when I was a kid, I had all these issues to deal with. Okay, you know what? We've seen it. We understand rape is very, very bad. And it's and it, 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 very damaging to the psyche and, and the soul. But we've seen this scene a million times. There was just nothing fresh about that moment. I don't know and what I TV understand- shows you're watching, but I haven't seen it a million times. We like apparently maybe I have a fetish I don't know but <laughs> oh <laughs> Elmo has fetish it's... too <laughs> that Elmo, reminds me of ever... like furry fingers oh, oh god <laughs> no, have you ever seen those those um those uh they have those furry furry friends conventions where like people dress up in like in 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 outfits like of animals and things like that and and that's their like personality. Yeah. Have you have you ever heard of this? Yeah. That, which reminds me, I have to renew my membership. Oh God, <laughs> that stuff's creepy. There was an episode of CSI where they were having a convention oh, in in, in... yeah right. yeah yeah, and they were all having like a big orgy dressed up as animals. Yes. Yes, I remember. Anyway, that. enough about that. <laughs> I didn't know I could do the Elmo voice so well. It's kind of creeping me out, man. <laughs> you know, like when Elmo talked like this? Oh, shit. Stop it. I'm going to put you in the air. Anyway, lock. moving on away from <laughs> away from puppet rape. Um oh. The, what about the other characters, the other supporting characters? Was there anybody was there anybody who you liked? I liked um and I can't remember his name, um, but the the second the second the uh the second commander, the one that takes over the ship. The guy the dude in the wheelchair that climbs the, the mountain in his virtual reality pod. 
Yeah, he was cool. Um, there were very there were very John Locke ish kind of traits to him. Um, oh, yeah. uh, but I I, I like the abrasiveness of, of that character. You know, yeah. he's the rough rough and tumble kind of guy um, who who would make a good leader, it, probably under the right circumstances. Um, I the commander. It was a 50-50 with the real commander, uh, Frank Pike. Yeah. I thought it was funny that his name was Commander Pike. Uh, isn't that like a character in Star Trek? That was uh, Bruce. That was um, that was um, Bruce Greenwood's character in Star Trek, Captain Pike. Gotcha. It was the he, yeah. he, he you know the dude. Right, 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 right. He yeah. was the the big guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were there were moments where I kind of appreciated him, but for the most part, I think he's just a bad actor and needs to you know head over to T Schreiber or HB Studios and take some lessons. Um. I think it's it's a it's an it's a bold move for Fox, uh, which is a generally generally Republican friendly um, outlet uh, to have a gay uh, a homosexual male homosexual couple on the ship. Uh, yeah. You don't see that a lot, um, yeah. and I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then Jimmy Simpson as the uh, the virtual man um, was kind of cool. What do you think of the What do you think of the engineer guy, the, the the guy who lost his son? That was that. Those those moments were touching when when he was in the virtual reality room and he was creating. I was the, a little uncomfortable it, at what he mm-hmm. was doing, and I really. But at the same time, I you know I I it was a heartfelt moment. But and I love I love moments and scenes where, um, you 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 feel two conflicting emotions at the same time, and I really felt. Yeah. I felt saddened for him, and I felt creeped out at the same time. And, right. Um, I, I love. He was just kind of a very. He was, you know, his. He just kind of. Um, his character was very nonchalant, and it, I thought it came across really well. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I thought it came across really, really well, and and um, I enjoyed his character as well. Yeah, he he. I, I, yeah, he was he was good, and and most of the women on the ship are really hot. That Sienna <laughs> Guillory woman. Ooh, she's from England. Ooh, and she's. Mm. <laughs> she's hot. Um, um, the uh, the uh, the 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 TV show producer, the psychologist there. Yeah. Um, what do you think of him? He was okay. He could have been better. I I, I was hoping for more of a um. A Christo kind of character from a uh, from a uh, what was that movie called? Christo, the one with Jim Carrey. What? Christoph? Yeah, Jim Carrey. It was he was in a a world television. He was in a television show. Oh 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 oh, oh right right. Uh, Truman Show. Truman Show. Yeah. I, I would I would I would have hoped to have a little bit. I mean he he didn't come across as a producer. He came. I mean he came across more as a. As a, as well, a, he's a doctor. He's a psychologist. He's not a producer yeah, I mean, first. No, but I mean, if someone's going to be producing a, a a show that's being watched by five billion people, um, <laughs> you would hope that they would if, have some if, edginess if, to them. If that's the truth. Well, yeah, exactly. We don't know what the hell's going on, which is what's so cool. The end of the show, it's going to be a, a snow globe, and it's going to be 1957. And a little kid is going to be here on Christmas oh, Eve with a spaceship in the snow globe. <laughs> the um, um, I I I liked I liked him I liked him because I thought um, 
I liked him for the most part. He very he it was he reminded me of Gaius Baltar a little bit in the fact that he was he kind of came off slimy at first, but then he had some redeeming qualities, but then he was slimy again. Um, I just, I felt like it wasn't, he didn't go, they didn't go far enough with it. Yeah. I thought they could have gone a little further to, 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 cause, cause you, cause in the end I really, I felt like, well, it's kind of funny cause I was disappointed that I, I felt like he was a human being and that he was a decent human being at, in the end. I didn't think, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I wanted more. I wanted more conflict in how I felt about him. Much there like wasn't. you do. Much like you you do with Gaius Baltar. Yeah. No. But Baltar is a fantastic character. That's one of the best television characters I've ever I've ever seen on the small screen. I mean, he just yeah. that character is unbelievable, and nobody 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 could play him like James Callis. Oh God, no, no. I mean, he's he, just unbelievable. That um, character is executed perfectly. I I wanted more of that from this character, from the from the doctor character. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, how about the end where, right right before she goes into the doctor's office at the end, I knew mm-hmm. that the doctor was going to be the virtual guy. Yeah. And now I got a question for you: Was the was that the virtual man? That wasn't her doctor previously, right? Yeah. Well, we never saw his face. Gotcha. Gotcha. So okay. it was I, I and and the voice sounded familiar, so it was it was totally him. And the thing that the thing that creeps me out the most is that is that she knows who he is because she mm-hmm. immediately says we need to talk. Yeah. And 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 she is the last person on the ship that I would expect for them to know who that dude was. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, I thought that was brilliant because I totally didn't expect that. Yeah, right. Um, no, that 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 is that is kind of that is kind of cool. The um, the other thing was the we never saw the virtual man in the dudes in the in the engineers pod and we never saw him in the second in commands pod either the guy who was we climbing didn't? the mountain no i thought oh, um i thought i thought i thought wheelchair guy was shot wasn't there a scene where he's on the mountain and he gets shot and he falls down the mountain no 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 it was uh that was the doctor the doc the medical doctor he was painting and he saw, oh, he right, saw the reflection, right. and then the guy... Did he shoot him, or did he just push him? I thought he shot him, but he may have just pushed him. I, I just remember he fell. The the thing that the, the the thing that I felt was understated, and I think it was understated because of the Captain Dude's overacting, was that certain characters experienced um, a spiritual revelation inside the virtual reality pod mm-hmm. by dying inside the pod. Yeah, remember because the doctor was all like he like the doctor, which is great because he has Parkinson's. Not that that's great to have Parkinson's, but I thought that was really interesting that they gave him, uh, you know, a uh, you know, a, a debilitated a de, de, 
I'm debilitated. Um, he, um, they gave him a, a, a disease like that in order to, number one, I thought it was great because it, it raises awareness for Parkinson's. And number two, I thought it was great that it adds another layer that this, you know, another, another, um, something that this character has to deal with and that they all have to mm-hmm. deal with and something that potentially puts the mission in danger. Um, and when he falls, when he falls from the mountain, he all of a sudden, like he's awakened, you know? And I thought yeah. that th- that whole concept was understated because of the overacting by the captain that that kind of got lost. And I felt like that's really what this was about was that, was that these, these people are having this, these revelations inside the virtual reality pods and it's affecting how how they live their lives outside the pods and that to me was an interesting concept Mm. and and one that i want to continue to see play out right right and um and the and i want to know why that is i want to know what it you know what what is this because something's going on and and we don't know what it is. This whole right. thing, there's something going on with this whole thing, and um, and it's you know it's a shame that we may never get to see it. So, do you feel like we're kind of watching life on Mars again? Except this is what's going on on the ship when they're in in, in hibernation. Um, the thought occurred to me. I mean, I certainly there are some comparisons to life on Mars. I felt like. I mean, I think they're two completely different shows, but the um, the yeah, there's a lot of comparisons, but I think it's just I think it's I think it's just that they I think it's just coincidence. I mean, mm-hmm. um. I don't know. I'm excited. I th- I think people should watch it. Check it out. You know, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect, you know, TV movie, but it raises some interesting questions. It um, it's uh, it's provocative. It's entertaining. I thought. Um, you know, it's um, you know, there's a couple of moments that you kind of have to suspend your disbelief a little a little more than others. But um, but um, for the most part, I you know, I really enjoyed it, and I I really really hope it goes to series and. Um, you know, I, I'd love it if people watched it and, um, you know, told their friends if they enjoyed it, um, to try to get to, you know, I, I want those Hulu numbers, those view numbers on Hulu to go off, you know, off the charts and, and for Fox have no choice, but to turn it into a series or to sell it to somebody who will turn it into a series. Yeah. And, and who will give it the, 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 give Ron more of the freedom that he needs to make this the best, best show that he can. Absolutely. Is it going to be released on DVD, do you know, like Caprica was? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, sci-fi uh, – actually, Universal Home Video is who does is who does those Galactica TV movies. Okay. Um, and actually, it's interesting because they do the budgets for those. Oh, really? Yeah. It, the, the budget doesn't come out of the show budget. And that's – it actually um, it actually comes out of – wait, uh, I'm sorry – the Battlestar Galactica TV movies come from Universal Home Video. Okay. Caprica was a pilot, which was then distributed through Universal Home Video, um, 
for the purposes of that. So when the, like, for instance, Razor, which was the first two episodes of season four of Galactica, mm -hmm. the budget for that came out of, came from uh, Universal Home Video. Oh, really? And same thing with the plan. The budget came from Universal Home Video, not from the show. Interesting. Okay. So it's that's why they did it was because it freed up more money. It added two more episodes to the fourth season, and it it gave them more money to do and kept their budget for the rest of the season. So mm -hmm. interesting. Um, yeah, which I think is a great marketing idea. I mean, that's you know, um, I think that. Um, you know, because they did really well. That's why they did the plan. That's why they're doing the plan is because it went off really well. And we, we may even see more Galactic TV movies. We never know. Um, I hope so. So, anyway. Um, any 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 other thoughts on uh, virtuality before we move on? Um, personally, I think virtuality is, is, a, is a lump of clay that has potential to be molded into something really enjoyable um and i hope that if it does go to series um fox loosens their tight grip a little bit and lets ron do what he needs to do uh to kind of bring back what was so wonderful about galactica and what will be so wonderful about caprica um that's a good analogy i like that thank you thank it's you a lump of clay <laughs> it really is it really is i mean I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan in the world, like we said earlier. Um, and uh, I, I'm just doing a lot of nitpicking stuff about this. The story and the idea is really cool. But as of now, I think the execution was not that great. But check it out on Hulu. You know, make your own opinions. Send us what you think. And, um, you know, uh, you know, post, uh, post a discussion on, uh, on our Facebook group, and we'll talk about it there as well. Um, but go and check it out. And actually, we'll we'll post the uh, link to the Hulu video on uh, Facebook as well. Ooh, so yeah. if you want to go watch it. Oh yeah, have yeah. you? Are you promoting the Facebook group? I haven't yet. I haven't really yet. I mean, we have 104 people signed up for it. Oh yeah, who needs so more? So if you want to, uh, if you want to be our friend on Facebook, uh, it's a Facebook group. It's Two Tones versus Hollywood, and uh, and uh, join our group. We'll have discussions on there. Um, you can listen to the, you know, we'll post the podcast there as well. Um, and, uh, yeah. So anyway, do you want to uh, go to a break and then we'll hit some, uh, more stuff? Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you take us to break and then we'll, um, All right. we'll come back and do some rapid fire reviews. Ladies and gentlemen, stick around. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. We have or sponsors? Not. No. Life Beyond Reality. Where imagination knows no bounds. And the world is anything but ordinary. It's a land of infinite opportunity. Where action and adventure reach far beyond normal. It's an ever-changing world. Rich with promise. So vast, so versatile, so exhilarating. Yeah. 
transform your being. Tempt fate without inhibition. Court danger without fear. Indulge every passion. From Linden Lab, Second Life. Get one. And we're back. So, uh, so I think we're we're done with our our chit chat about virtuality. You want to do some rapid fire reviews? Absolutely. We I've seen a bunch of movies uh, <clears throat> for the past couple weeks, and I know you've seen a couple. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, we've done the rapid fire. Yeah. Well, we we've kind of gotten into a nice little cycle where we do rapid fire reviews, and then trailers, mm-hmm. and then trivia. It's kind of nice, you know, to to, yeah, yeah. to break it up like that. Um, uh, all right, you you saw you went and saw Public Enemies. I did, I did. Um, I actually got it confused with Pel- uh, Pelham One Two Three. <laughs> I, mean, you... I, I I thought I was gonna go see that, but then I ended up seeing. Are Public you serious? Enemies. What, what happened? Serious. Did you go with somebody? Well, well, I'm an idiot, and I I thought Public Enemies was a John Travolta movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I saw it with uh, with Joni and uh, her son uh, Jake, and um. I gotta say, you know, I like I like historical movies, um, you know, and this is about John Dillinger, um, and his life of crime. And, and John Dillinger really was kind of like the Robin Hood of of gangsters back in the the 30s. You know, he uh, he was a bank robber. Um, you know, he 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 really did. You know, he stole from the bank, but he never really stole from the people that were like in the bank at the time. Um, there was a great little moment where. Uh, where he he's robbing a bank and one of the one of the customers puts their money on the counter. He's like, I'm not here for your money, you know. And I mean, oh, in a wow. roundabout way, he. Yeah, it was really cool, and and that's the kind of gangster that John Dillinger was. Um, and his big claim to fame, which they really didn't touch much on, was was um, he's infamous for breaking out of prison with a gun that he carved out of soap, and um, and for no one who, who for people who don't know that the scene is a little confusing. Um, I mean, this, I mean, it's not, it's not really a spoiler cause this is Why history. Is I mean, we all know soap? this to break out of jail. Actually in, in Charlie's angels, I think the first one, there's a scene where Bill Murray, uh, carves a, uh, carves like a, like a magnum out of a bar of soap. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's, it's a joke, you know, about Dillinger. Yeah. Um, the only pro it was, it was very long though. It was very, it was two and a half hours and it, it surprised me. I was thinking about this when I was watching it. You know, we're in a society where things are going so fast now and where, mm-hmm. where our attention span is getting so limited. And it amazes me that Hollywood keeps on dumping out these two and two hour, two and a half hour, three hour long movies. Mm-hmm. I just I don't can't I don't get it. But um, that's why I love J.J. Abrams, because he I mean, he says, you know, who care? You know, who wants to sit and watch a two and a half hour movie? And he, he actually said, wow, it just makes me tired saying that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's so true, though. But it's a long movie. It it was it was fun. Uh, the 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 shootout scenes were a lot of fun, uh, but they turned it into too much of a love story. And the oh, the ending uh, the ending is a little is a little over exaggerated and not true at all to 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 like from what his last words were and stuff like that. And it that pissed me off. And it was like it was a very touching scene at the very end. Um, and I burst out laughing. 
when because it was such a cl- I'm not going to tell you what the ending is, but it was such a cliched ending and everyone in the theater is like sobbing and I burst out laughing and I felt com- like co- complete ass. But it You're was such a guy. horrible. I am that guy because it was such a cliche and I fucking hate cliches like that. So anyway, but go check it. I wouldn't go to a movie theater and watch it because it is so long. Go watch it in, at home you know, you where you can get it. up. Exactly. Pause it. Go out. Do the dishes. Do something. But um, yeah. Um, so Tone, you saw Working Girl. I saw Working Girl. This is your first time. time? Yeah, it's the first time. Yeah. And having previously lived on Staten Island, it was kind of exciting to watch. Yeah. To watch all the girls talk like this. I was, uh, <laughs> and I, I'll tell you, what, this is the first movie where um, Joan Cusack's voice didn't annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> it's funny because her normal voice. Uh, annoys me, but when she's talking in an in a ugly Staten Island accent, it's not annoying. That's hysterical. Um, I I liked it. Um, I mean, I really liked it. I thought it was it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, the, it was a little rough until Harrison Ford shows up, but once Harrison Ford shows up, um, it's hysterical. He is so good in that movie. Although at first he looks a little in the first scene he's in, he looks a little too much like Professor Jones from Indiana Jones because he's dressed in the same kind of suit. It's funny. Um, But my favorite line is, is, uh, you know, after the night they spend together, the first night that Melanie Griffith and Harrison Ford spend together, she doesn't remember anything. And she's like, what exactly happened last night? And he's like, the earth moved. Angels wept. The Polaroids are in my other coat, (laughs) which is the best (laughs) line ever. Um, And, uh, um, so he, I, I, I really liked it. Um, like I said, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, it's very much kind of like a female version of The Secret to My Success, which is okay, another yeah. one of my favorite old 80s New York movies. Um, and uh, there's a lot of scenes on the Staten Island Ferry, which was great. So it brought me back home. Um, Aww. Aww. And then, um, yeah. So and then oh you saw another Star Trek movie. I did, I did. I'm Star I'm getting Trek into the three, the search for Spock. I'm I'm getting I'm 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 pleasantly surprised with uh, you know, and you gave me the list of the ones to watch and not yes. to watch, and so I'm kind of following that order. Um somebody I was reading a I was reading a um an article um online about um sci fi sequels that don't suck. Mm-hmm. And how Star Trek Two is considered the like the the ultimate um, you know sequel because mm-hmm. it's the best it's arguably the best Star Trek movie um, with the exception of the of the latest one um, right. and um, and and they said well it's not it's not hard to be the better of the two movies if the first one is like watching a train pull out of a station for two and a half hours. <laughs> that bad it's it's um it's a great concept but it's just it's way too long really it's a movie where almost nothing happens and i'll admit that i mean it's a it's a it's a bit of a pain to watch i i don't think i've ever actually watched it from start to finish save for once i've always had to watch it in pieces um it's it's oh um, wow okay it's a hard movie to watch it's um yeah, I mean it's not horrible, but it's it's close. Yeah. Um, All right. So, so Star Trek Three, direct sequel to Star Trek Two. Yeah, directed by uh, by Leonard Nimoy. Um, 
It was it was it was it was good. I mean, it, it you know, again, my problem with Star Trek was the campiness and the 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 aliens and and weird shit like that. But but it was it was it was a direct sequel to to Star Trek uh, to Wrath of Khan. It, it happens moments after. Mm-hmm. Um, In fact, they Wrath replay. Don't they replay the ending of Star yeah, Trek? Yeah, they do. Before, oh, which is brilliant. Yep, they do. Um, and it was it was it was cool. I mean, there were a few moments where it got campy. Um, Christopher Lloyd was in it, which I had no idea. You know who um, else is in it? Who? Um, the one of the other Klingons whose name is Maltz, and yeah. I believe he's the Klingon that's left on the ship when Kirk okay. takes it over. That's John Larroquette. Really? Yep, that's John Larroquette. He's in there. No friggin' way. Yep, look it up. Look it up on IMDb. I'm not shitting you. That's hysterical. That's no, Larry I did Kett. not know that. Yeah. Um, cool, cool. Um, I was disappointed that Kirstie Alley didn't revive her role. I know. That was kind of weird. That, that that always bothers me. And I don't think the th- – I don't know. It's weird because – and what's sad is that this – I thought – I actually thought this girl was, was better than Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Yeah. And she's in the f- – is she in the fourth one too? She's at the beginning of the fourth one too. Mm-hmm. A plot point um, from the fourth movie that didn't make it in is that she becomes pregnant with Spock's child. Oh, really? But that didn't make it into the final cut. So so it doesn't didn't really happen. <laughs> but you'll the, the you'll Star Trek 4 you're going to absolutely love because they go back in time to 1986. Oh yeah, to yeah. save the to whales? find two humpback whales named George and Gracie, and it is hysterical because once they once they land in 1986, just oh my god, it's hysterical. Like just some highlights are the first thing that they say when they. So now they're in a stolen Klingon ship, okay, which mm-hmm. which can cloak, which can disappear. So they cloak it and they set it down in Golden Gate Park. They land. Oh, it, okay. They land it in Golden Gate Park, and. Um, the door opens, and these two these two garbage men see this light come out of nowhere as the door opens. They're yeah. arguing about. He's like, he she's like, if you think he he's talking about his wife, and he's like, and he's like, he says, so I told her, if you think I'm gonna spend two hundred eighty five dollars for a new VCR, you're out of your mind. And like, <laughs> and so then the door opens and this light comes out, and you see these people walk out of nowhere, and oh my the guy's like, did you see that? And he goes, no, and neither did you. Let's go. <laughs> and they just take <laughs> off. And so, and so the the door comes out, and you hear you hear Captain Kurt go, okay, everybody, remember where we parked. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, that's uh, that's the next movie in my queue. Yep. Yeah, and then um, the other funny part is that they have to the the dilithium crystals in the in the Klingon ship are are drained, so they can't they can't leave Earth. They gotta they gotta revitalize it. And but even in the twenty fourth century, in the twenty third century, they they don't have a method of revitalizing um, dilithium crystals. But then Spock says, well, there may be a twentieth century solution, is if we take um, nuclear photons and inject them into the lithium crystals it may cause them to rebuild and he's like and nuclear nuclear power was widely used so they send Chekhov and Ohura to go collect these nuclear particles so there's a scene where um where Chekhov and Ohura are basically asking people on the street and the best thing was is that 
is that they none of the people they ask are actual actors. They're all just real people. So they just had them go. Really? And one of them is this cop. So you have this guy with a thick Russian accent in the 80s going, can you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Where are the nuclear vessels? And he's like, at it, and and they're like, and they're like, can you tell me where the nuclear vessels are in Alameda? And then some girl's like, oh, I think they're across the bay in the naval base in Alameda. And then she just walks off, and he's like, that's what I said. And they actually had to, <laughs> the the producers actually had to chase down the woman and get her clearance to put her in the movie because it was so funny. That's and, awesome. And right next to the set, there's this black guy who's a cop, and he's just watching them. And Chekhov goes up to ask him, and he he just stands there because he doesn't know what to say. And they didn't even no, nobody knew that they were on camera except for the really? two actors. Yeah, it's a brilliant scene. It's so funny. And no one recognized them. No, I, I no. Oh, it was just it was in San Francisco. It was in downtown. Yeah. San, it was. It's just the the movie is so funny, and like there's a part where they're crossing the street, and they, of course they don't know how to act in in 1986. Right. Because, like, it's almost a surreal movie in a way because you don't expect you, – you, you just don't expect it to be as funny as it is. But they go to cross the street, and, and Kirk almost gets hit by a cab. And the guy goes, watch where you're walking, you dumbass. And Kirk, <laughs> not knowing how to respond, goes, well, double dumbass on you. <laughs> double dumbass on you. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that sometime. Oh, it's so – and then my favorite my favorite Star Trek line of all time is in that movie, and I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again. He's having dinner with this with this, um, with this this marine biologist, and he's like – he's like um, – she goes, I want the truth. And, mm. and he's like, okay. Um, and she's like, wait, let me guess. You're from outer space. And he goes, no, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> Such a brilliant line. The, and the the <clears throat> all of the dialogue written that happens in 1986 was written by um, Nicholas Myers, who directed Star Trek II. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's he. In fact, I believe Star Trek II and Star Trek VI are the only science fiction movies he's ever directed. Really? Yeah, and they're the they're my favorite. Star Trek two and Star Trek six are probably my favorite original series movies, and Star Trek four is um is 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 close is a close second to those. Um, Interesting. So so yeah so watch Star Trek four and then uh, skip over five and watch Star Trek six. Cool. Yeah. Four four is uh I have the unborn and Benjamin Button right now, uh and four is on its way. Benjamin Button. Yeah, my, are you my, serious? My neighbor wanted to watch, it, and I was like, yeah, "I'll watch it." But apparently, you know, it's like three hours long. Do you know? Do you do you know what Stephen Colbert calls that movie? No. He goes, "The Curious Case of." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fully prepared for that. I'm fully prepared for that. Um. All right. So other movies. Uh, I love you, man. I love you too. No, I love you, man. Are you okay? Oh, the movie. The movie. Uh, yes, I saw I Love You, Man <laughs> with um, Paul Rudd and Jason Segel. Um, and it's billed as a raunchy comedy um, that actually wasn't that funny. But it, 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 was, it wasn't a bad movie. It was just more of a drama than it was a comedy. Um, That's no 
Jason Siegel's amazing in it. Um, and Paul Rudd is pretty good, too. Um, Jason Siegel, who is that? Dude, it's the guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, right! It's the Jason, dude. I never knew his name. Oh, yeah, okay. he's... Oh, man. He's I like the, him. He's the fucking man. Um... Oh. Um, yeah, it's, um, it was pretty good. Um, but it was, it just wasn't funny. It was more of a romantic dramedy than anything. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's tolerable to watch. I mean, it's, it's entertaining to watch. I, I would, I would recommend it to somebody who wanted to see it, but I just would tell them, don't expect it to be hilariously laugh out loud funny because it really isn't. It's much more poignant. It's much more. It it really it's much more of a well done drama that just has some funny moments in it, which makes it a little awkward because it's basically a rom it's a bromance story about two dudes who are fr- who become friends. It's did it's, you just make that word up? No, bromance. That, that's a great that's a great word. T- you and I have a bromance. Aww. Aww. It's guy love between two guys. guys. Um, did you get my comment on Facebook where I said, what's wrong, Chocolate Bear? Yes, I did. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that's a reference to Scrubs. <laughs> so we have nickname. Love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I would recommend seeing it if you want to see it, but just don't expect it to be hilarious. It's not as funny as Saving Sarah Marshall. It's not as funny as um, you know as as Judd Apatow movies, um, but it's as good dramatically as Judd Apatow movies. You know how Judd Apatow movies are? They're 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 realistic and they're they're very um, the the humor is very organic. Mm-hmm. Um, this this movie is a very organic movie. It comes from character. It's you know the characters are great. Um, you know, the relationship between the two guys is fantastic. Um, but it's just not, it's not as funny. It's just, it's more of a, it's more of a, a dramedy really. Um, which is okay. It's just that they bill it as a comedy and it's really, I don't know. I didn't think it was as funny as I thought it was going to be, but it was still a good movie. Um, so yeah. I'll pop it in my, uh, my queue. You should check it out. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, I think it's going to start a new type of genre, the bromance genre. Yeah. Um, I feel and those are the buddy movies are good though. This I, was, I like those. This isn't a buddy movie. This is a like full on. Like it's it's a romance movie. It's a it's a romance movie about two guys being friends. I mean, it really is. It's the formula and the way they approach it is almost identical to how a romance movie is between a man and a woman without the, but this just doesn't have any sex in it. Well, it doesn't have any sex between the two guys because they're heterosexuals, but, um, (laughs) but um, it's, it was interesting. It's, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. It, it, I, I felt it was more of an experiment in, in a new, a new type of movie. Um, Okay. It was cause it's much more sentimental than a buddy movie is. Yeah, it's much more okay. about feelings and emotions, like a romance movie, than a buddy movie is. Like buddy movies tend to be like journey movies, like movies where yeah. you're taking a trip or something. This yeah. is very much a you know about emotions. So, so you saw Larger Than Life. I did. It was on television. Um, 
and I had never seen it before, but as it as it started, um, that's with Bill Murray and Dumbo, right? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> um, Bill Murray's in it. Um, um, uh, there are a lot of people in it, um, but I'd never seen it before. And it started in Bill Murray. You know, Bill Murray was giving this speech, and it was a movie I'd never seen before. I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch it. And um, it, it came out. I'm not sure when it came out. Mid '90s, I would have to say, and. Um, it was fucking hysterical. I mean, <laughs> I I love Bill Murray. He you know he is just a naturally funny guy. Even he could say he could say pancakes and it would be funny. I, I don't know what it is about him, but like in every movie that I see him in, even in serious movies like um, Lost in Translation, he's a riot. And I think that's just his personality. And and the situation is is. He's never known his father. He his mother told him that his father died when he was young, and come now and now. So now Bill Murray's a a semi successful um, uh, inspirational speaker, kind of like Tony Robbins, but on a much smaller scale. And he wrote a book and whatnot. And mm-hmm. um, and uh, come to find out, his father died. His father was still alive, and he ended up dying. And he left him um, he left him stuff in the will. And so Bill Murray goes down to um, like West Virginia, I think, to 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 get the reading of the will and and whatnot, and come to find out the father was a clown <laughs> in the circus and a traveling circus forever, and what he left um, was uh, he, Bill Murray gets tricked into into signing this paperwork to the attorney saying that he'll pay thirty seven thousand dollars in damages um, that this elephant caused in, in in because the father left him an elephant so the movie is about bill murray trying to get rid of this elephant and he ends up having to go to san diego to 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 pawn off the elephant and it and it it's it's i guess it could be kind of a bromance story between bill murray <laughs> and the elephant. elephant yeah exactly because you know throughout the course of their adventure they become the elephant and bill murray get very close and there are just some really hysterical scenes um, one in particular, Bill Murray's driving this semi, semi truck with the elephant in tow, and um, and Bill Murray doesn't know how to drive the semi, obviously, and and so this other semi is on the highway, and he pulls up next to him, and and he's trying to figure out how to uh, to downshift to go up this hill, and um, and uh, the guy next to him is like, just push push the uh, you know the red button, the uh, the the red button, that'll get you going. And he pulls the, like the the air release button or something, some button that ends up making the uh, the whole front of the cab like move forward, <laughs> like to like it, like it like you know it 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 uh, pivots. Oh, it opens so, it opens up the engine compartment. Yes, that's exactly what yeah, it does. So yeah. so now he's driving facing <laughs> the ground with the elephant in tow, and he's trying to slam on the brake. And it was just, it's a really stupid movie. But if you want some good, you know, good cheap laughs, you know, watch that movie. You know, if rent you're a Bill it. Or, Murray fan, you could watch it. Or too, if you're maybe. a Bill Murray fan, and it was, it was, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, but it was definitely like you know, uh, in it, it was a, a family light comedy. Um, uh, but Bill Murray is just fucking hysterical in it. Well, with your description, I almost want to go see it now. You should definitely check it out. It's re- there are really some good laughs in it. Um, and, yeah, it was like mid-90s, I guess, early to mid-90s. Um, so, yeah. So, any, any other movies or, or you want to wrap this up? No. Um, I'm, I can't recall anything else I've seen. But um, All right. any, any final thoughts on, on anything? 
Alplex, uh, virtuality was 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 uh, the story was good. The execution was poor. If it gets picked up for series, I, I again I hope that Ron Moore is, is granted some liberties from Fox. Um, and, and check out some of the movies that we talked about on our rapid reviews. Um, Public Enemy, if you have uh, if you have seventeen hours to spare, <laughs> um, you know. And uh, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's my final thoughts. What about you, man? Um, I I encourage people to check out Virtuality on Hulu. Um, help make it a TV show so we can see what potential this thing has. Um, so we can watch the clay be molded, as you put it. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, check out some of the movies we've seen. Check out our um, Facebook group, and um, we've got some exciting changes coming um, to the podcast once we get things sorted out and um, kind of a new format, some new info, and um, a new title and new graphics. Yes, and, yes, and and shirtless Tonys. <laughs> <laughs> you can see what our Tony Alabama. <laughs> you, you can see what our actual physiques are like underneath our our puffy clothes. <laughs> so on that note, oh, on that note, thank you for listening today. Uh, this is the Two Tones versus Hollywood. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Title. Don't give them the new title yet. I mean, this is Tony and Tony Goes to the Movies. Um, check us out on Facebook. Uh, just type in uh, Two Tones under your search and we'll be sure to pop up. You can join us in our discussions. Hello. Join us in our discussions. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And um, that's a wrap. <laughs>